Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 58. You have no idea how safe you are. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. Several years ago, probably four or five years ago, um, I was uh, outside on our deck around our little fire pit. Um, It was around 4th of July, and my little dog, Buddha, um, who many of you know from being in the background of of many, many calls and videos, she she died in May, but little Buddha um, was sitting on my lap, and because it was close to 4th of July, and my neighborhood is fire crazy, apparently, there's just fireworks like nuts. It might have been Fourth of July, I don't know. But we're sitting around the fire and there's just, you know, loud sounds. And as dogs get, she was terrified. Little Buddha weighed five pounds, was like digging herself into my lap. Now, it might sound cruel that I had her outside, but the alternative was having her inside while the whole family was outside. She really wasn't any better off in there. So I thought, just for the record, I thought I was I was doing the best I could for Buddha by holding her very tightly and reassuring her um, as if she spoke English. So I, I was doing that. And all the while, it didn't seem to be making much difference. She's clawing and digging and just trying to burrow into my body to get away from this noise. And it really struck me in that moment, and I wrote about it, and I used to share this article a lot. Um, it really struck me in this in that moment, looking down at Buddha, assuming I knew how she felt, realizing, oh my gosh, dog, like you have no idea how safe you actually are. You are terrified. You're acting as if your life is in danger. All of your survival instincts are in full force. And we are sitting in Canton, Michigan in a backyard. You're being held by your mom. Fireworks are miles away. And nothing bad is going to happen to you at all. This is is about as safe as you can be. And she just didn't know it, didn't feel it. That was not her experience. But it struck me as kind of a metaphor for how we are, you know, where we have no idea how safe we really are because our experience is like fireworks in our own heads. You know, we're like these scared dogs afraid of fireworks that can't possibly hurt us. But the fireworks in our case are a feeling or a thought or a memory I talked with a woman yesterday um, that really uh, really left an impact on me. She um, she's struggling with a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of overthinking. And um, she, as happens, she has some really repetitive, but also what she calls really intrusive thoughts. So things that come into her head, and and this happens often in um very often with, with uh, I mean, it happens often for a lot of people, but her circumstances, and I, I've talked with so many women with these circumstances, is that around um, the time of having a child, hormonal reasons, all kinds of stuff are going, lack of sleep, there's a million factors involved, right? And the fact that you now, now have this 
human being that in some inexplicable way you love and would die for to take care of, <laughs> to keep alive. So all this like creates this perfect storm where sometimes all of that, what what comes to a head is that women have some really disturbing thoughts and she's going through that. So um, that's where she is. Now I'm talking with her and I I have so much compassion and understanding and and empathy for how she's feeling. And yet it's really become kind of just such an interesting thing because I can I can look at her and absolutely know that she has nothing in the world to worry about. And so it's like our our job as sharers of this, as coaches or whatever kind of work you do, if you if you do that, is to like, it's just like waking Buddha up. Like, how do you show that dog that she's actually safe? How do I show this woman that all of this stuff in her head means absolutely nothing about her, her life, her ability to be a mom, her child, none of that, not at all. And it's really interesting because the reasons that she would cite and that people, almost all people will cite to be afraid of their experience are kind of ironic. So for example, you know, I would, I I don't remember how it went exactly, but I probably asked her a question like, how is, why is that thought, if that thought is so shocking to you, so let's say she has a thought about hurting her child, super common, by the way means nothing. Let's say she has a thought about hurting her child and it shocks her and it scares her and she hates it and she becomes, she starts living in fear of it. Isn't it interesting that just the fact that we call that an intrusive thought, like what is it intruding on? If if something intrudes, you know, like you're, you wouldn't call your stomach intrusive. It feels like part of you. <laughs> right? A thought like that clearly does not feel like part of you. That's why we call it intrusive. It's intr- it isn't you. It isn't yours. It's not coming from you. It is an intruder. It is that means it is separate. It is outside. It is something else. Now, please don't hang on my language because I know we're all one, but I'm just talking in English here. So that's the way it feels, right? Like this thought feels like it comes in from somewhere else and now it's haunting us. And what if we take it seriously? To me, now again, I've been through this, so I I understand that side of it. But right now looking at it, it's really kind of ironic because it's like, hey, that should kind of be your sign, shouldn't it? The fact that it shocks you, that you want to push it away, that you want to run away from it, that you swear up and down, oh, I would never do that, and I don't even think that way, and why am I having these thoughts? Isn't that kind of the evidence (laughs) that it's not you and it's not yours? Shouldn't that in some way maybe kind of help? Couldn't it? I mean, couldn't that help you see, oh, this is some weird outside thought that just popped in my head? Now, again, I get it. It's it's about you and your child, and it's full of imagery and more thoughts related to it and a horrible feeling and all of that. So I, I get how the illusion works and why we get caught up in it. But I really want to challenge us to kind of look at it in this other way. The fact that we say intrusive thought, intrusive thought, oh, no, oh, no, I kind of think that could work to our advantage in really seeing what's going on. 
It's the same with a lot of other things. And again, a lot of these are related to things that um, I talked about with her yesterday and things around like, you know, hormonal changes. And But when I'm really tired and my hormones are out of whack, my mind does all kinds of crazy stuff. And this isn't just about pregnancy, by the way. I mean, any of us, we just get tired. We get hangry. We get whatever we get. And yeah, our minds go a little out of whack. They say some some different things perhaps. But I don't know. I look at that and think, well, isn't that kind of like the perfect, the perfect condition for like seeing that it's not yours? You're, you have no sleep. Your hormones are out of whack. You're hangry, whatever. Why would you trust that? That's not you. That's not coming from you. Like it, it almost just gives you the perfect thing to pin all these thoughts on. Oh, that's just what I think sometimes that pops, weird stuff pops in my head when I'm hungry. Weird stuff pops in my head when I'm sleep deprived. Of course it does. It does for all of us. But but we take it the opposite way. Rather than seeing like, oh, it's just down to that. I'm not going to worry about it. We think, oh my gosh, I can't, well, I can't let myself get too tired. I can't, I have to get my hormones in check. I can't handle this stuff. And it's so interesting because that's how this cycle grows, where we become more and more afraid of experience that is totally safe, totally safe, totally innocent, totally not personal, not meaningful. There are many things like this when people, another one is then when our thinking is really repetitive and when we use that as justification for how true and real it must be. Yeah, but I think this all the time. It's constantly in my head. And I say, again, understanding that side of it, but I look at that and say, yeah, doesn't that kind of clue you into the fact that it's just a machine? That it's just your brain on repeat? I mean, true wisdom isn't going to like act like a two-year-old that's begging for something and saying the same thing over and over and over again. That doesn't make sense. A brain would. A machine would do that. Something you actually actually want to trust and listen to wouldn't wouldn't do that. So, you know, the fact that we feel horrible, that's a huge one, right? Like if you as soon as you start to feel tight, closed, restrictive, horrible, anxious, as soon as you notice the speed of your mind increasing. That's when you don't want to take that stuff so seriously. That's when you know, okay, this is not me. This is time to lay low and not jump into any of that. But that's the exact opposite, exact opposite of what we do. So talking with this wonderful woman, she was so sweet and so wants help, so wants to see this differently. It it was just so striking. And it made me think of that night with Buddha so much because I just saw her exactly the way I saw Buddha in that moment. Like, you have no idea how safe you are, how meaningless and just how robotic these thoughts are. And and if you did, and I think I told her this, like, if if you could see, you know, I know you can't. I don't know how to get you to. I know you will at some point, but I don't know how to make you see it this way. But if you could see it this way, if you could see the truth of what's going on, if you could see it's just your mind throwing out some some you know thoughts from out of nowhere that the fact that they're so intrusive to you shows you you don't have to worry about those those aren't yours you're not going to do anything with them 
if you could see it that way, you would probably die laughing. You would like roll on the floor and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've, I've been so caught up in a shadow. I've been so afraid of a shadow on the wall. And as I say that, I mean, I, again, I've been there. I'm afraid of shadows too. We all are. It's, it's just how we work. So I don't, mean to make you feel bad. And I don't want you to use this against yourself in any way. But I do want to say it in an extreme way like that, because sometimes that really wakes us up. As I was talking with her yesterday, I was thinking a couple nights prior, I had just the, I have really crazy dreams anyway, but I had the craziest dream. And I was like, I won't go into it because it's really fun to talk about your own dreams, but it's so boring to hear other people's dreams. So I, I was about to tell you, but I won't go into it on the podcast. But um, it was a wacky dream. And I woke up and was still feeling it, feeling the all the emotions of it and all that as happens, right? But it just started to kind of fade. Like I knew it was a dream, you know? If we could really see, and I mean really, really see, that our intrusive thoughts, our daytime thinking, our repetitive stuff is no different than what comes to us when we're dreaming. Really sit with that for a minute. And I, my husband and I always <laughs> joke about how people use the word literally way incorrectly. I'm literally starving to death. No, you're not. You're hungry. But so I don't, I'm, I'm not going to use literally incorrectly, but I will say it's, it's almost literally the same, that the way we, our mind just goes out and creates things, fantasizes about things, imagines things, brings up old memories and then recreates them of things. The way our mind has these thoughts that we call intrusive and that we worry about and that, that our mind repeats over and over again and that make no sense to us when our eyes are open and we're awake is almost literally like what happens when our mind does that when we're asleep. And look at how much easier it is to get over a dream or a nightmare than it is to see that about our waking daytime thoughts. The only difference as far as I can see in the two is that in the waking daytime hours, we're a little smarter. Our conscious mind is alert and and is filling in blanks and just making that whole story feel way more personal and way more believable. We're also bombarded with all this sensory information of things around us. And so that just all gets folded into the story. So it looks so much more real and personal. But aside from that, it's the same process happening. It's also the same process, by the way, of what happens when we read a really good book or we watch a really good movie. That's just someone else's fantasy. Whether it's our fantasy or someone else's fantasy that they made into a book or movie, it's still made up thought. We're okay with that. We love to have those emotions and we just let them go because we have a different theory about them. We don't think they're they're making us unsafe. We say, oh, that was just a dream. That was just a nightmare. That was just a book. That was just a movie. What if it's just like that when you are having these thoughts that scare you, even when you're awake and your eyes are open? What it really comes down to, I think, is seeing that our experience is not as it appears. It absolutely appears as if 
Our thoughts are about us. They're telling us information about life. They're telling us about our past and our future. It absolutely appears as if we're all separate individual little beings and there's no real connection. All kinds of things appear a certain way. It 100% seemed, appeared to me, to appear to Buddha that her life was in danger when the fireworks were going off. So we can accept that, yes, things appear that way. Things appear the way they appear. And there's a lot of a lot of similarity in that. We have shared theories and shared beliefs about how life works and how things appear to all of us. And what if things are not as they appear? What if despite how you feel, you're okay? Despite how you feel, how scary, how personal, how real, how true something seems to be, when it comes with all of that stuff, when it comes with high anxiety and you're a wreck and you don't know what to do and all of that, that is, that is your psychology. That is the appearance of things that we'll all get caught up in. But knowing that you're just caught up in the illusion, you're caught up in the appearance of things and there's a whole other world beyond it, total game changer. You are so much safer than you think, always, always. And if we could really see, I can't either, trust me, but but I can see it in others little. <laughs> like if we could really see what's going on in our experience and how afraid we are of what's essentially just so safe and so impersonal, I think we'd all roll on the floor laughing. It would be, it's the cosmic joke. It's almost that time again. The next six-week course of the Little School of Big Change begins September 23rd. And that means that the four-part Change That Sticks video series is also about to begin. Change That Sticks is released in the lead-up to the school opening each time the school opens. Now, I should tell you, these videos are about 20 to 30 minutes long each, and they really go into stuff. So put the four together and you practically have a full-length movie that goes into how we've been taught to change and why that change doesn't last, how it's not your fault that you've tried everything, you've all tried a million things that just don't go deep enough, don't last long enough, don't really get to the root of the issue. And we're all walking around beating ourselves up because our change attempts didn't work. Well, you'll see why in these videos. You'll also be pointed toward a new place to look. You'll see more about this new paradigm And you'll see how it's helped others. You'll hear it from them directly uh, with all kinds of different issues and obstacles and things they're up against. So go to thechangeseries.com to sign up so that you'll receive the first video when it's released on September 12th, 2019. You'll get videos sent to you roughly every other day until you've seen all four of them. So again, that's thechangeseries.com to sign up. And on September 12th, you'll get video one.